Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a weekly podcast to keep you up to date on what's new on our cloud platform, Microsoft Azure. Your hosts, Cynthia Crane, Evan Basilic, Suji DeMello, Kenno Roden, Kel Teeter, and Russell Young discuss a different service or solution on each show with subject matter experts to explain how to get started, how different services work, and how to make decisions in tricky scenarios. You can find out more about our podcast at azpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. On October the 19th, 2023, I'm Russell Young and I'm joined today by Kale and our special guest speaker today, Balaji Sankaran, who's the GM for HD Insight. Um, before we hand over to Balaji though and, and get into HD Insight on AKS, I think we've got a couple of news announcements. Kale, did you want to did you want to kick off? Yeah, sure. I just have one here, and I'll be honest. Uh, this is uh, the paint's still wet on this for sure for me uh, on Radius. Uh, so yeah, there's been an announcement about this uh, floating around the interwebs. Uh, we have a blog post about it uh, from Mark Russ about you know the Azure Incubation team launching this uh, this thing called Radius, which is an application platform for the cloud. Um, you know, works with different cloud providers, private clouds, all kinds of different things. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have a show just on this um, as this thing progresses, but it's definitely something to take a look at. I mean, we've been doing a lot of work in different areas of, you know, application deployment, things like Dapper and all kinds of different container frameworks and, and different models for doing that. And from what I understand so far about Radius, this is something to kind of uh, help in that area, right, with your application deployments, uh, kind of a DevOps tool, so um, developer-focused type thing. Yeah, I've been having a play with it. There's a, um, a GitHub code space already set up with a, a samples repository to get going quickly. I've had, a, I've had a little play. I haven't actually got to the point where I've been deploying anything. I've just been seeing what's in there. There's um, there's quite a few samples there using Dapper and, and so on. There's some for deploying to AWS, some for deploying to, to Azure. So, yeah, really interested to find out more about that. And um, it would be good to have a have a deep dive on that uh, sooner than later. Um, the other announcement that caught my eye was around Microsoft Playwright testing. And um, Playwright is this kind of automated UI testing framework. So you can you can write UI tests and uh, orchestrate how, how browsers spin up to go and run those tests and verify that your your web app is working the way it should do. Um, this is a new service that's in preview, I believe, at the moment. And uh, yeah, it's in public preview, so you can go and play with it. Um, but what it is, it's it's the kind of end-to-end piece. So you can, you can provision compute within Azure to scale up. So you can say how many nodes you want to run in parallel and farm out your UI tests basically. So they can uh, they can all run at the same time if, if there's no dependencies between those tests um, and you can parallelize your uh, your UI testing. So quite keen to see uh, the uptake of that and how that works as well. I think that'll be of interest to a lot of people that do an awful lot of this UI testing stuff. There's been a little bit of a gap in, in Microsoft first party tooling uh, of late. Um, the last announcement was the managing your big data needs within uh, HD Insight on AKS, and uh, the, those those things are all you know HD Insight's a bit of a mystery to me. Big data's always been a bit of a mystery as well. So I'm really pleased to uh, to say hello to Balaji, and uh, if you could introduce yourself, what your role within Microsoft is, and um, yeah, we'll we'll dive in on the HD Insight on AKS topic. Mm. Hey, thanks, uh, Russell. Thanks, Kale, for having me. Hi, I'm Balaji. I'm um, General Manager, HD Insight. Uh, uh, we're the big data team within Azure Data, and we do um, 
everything that's related to open source big data. That's what we are we known for. We've been uh, HD Insight is a well adopted, uh, long running Azure service. It's been around for more than eight years, and uh, uh, you know customers around the globe use us for their big data needs uh, when when they're looking for open source workloads, right? So I'm excited to be here and talk about HD Insight on AKS, which is our uh, shiny new offering, a new version uh, of big data analytics on top of uh, Azure Kubernetes service. And 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 uh, we've ha been having this in the private preview for the past six months. We had a ton of positive customer feedback, and now uh, we're launching this in public preview so that uh, anyone who's looking to modernize their analytics uh, on open source uh, could take advantage of it and, um, uh, you know, um, uh, make good use of this. Yeah, so thanks, thanks, uh, Russell and Kim for having me all. No, good, good to hear from you. So, so is this a brand new thing or is it an updated or a, a, a wrapped up version of something that a capability that was already there before? Uh, so it's a bit of both, uh, right? So uh, what uh, uh, it is a brand new service uh, with two new workloads, Flink and Trino, uh, right? So HD Insight is made up of uh, open source software for analytics. So um, in the previous version, we had Apache Spark, Hive, uh, Kafka, uh, and, and uh, HBase, and so on. Uh, in the newer version, we, what we've done is we've added two new workloads, uh, Flink and Trino. Uh, Flink is uh, the gold standard in community for streaming analytics. Uh, it's very popular. It's growing in adoption in the community. Uh, you know, developers love it. And, uh, and that's a brand new addition to HD Inside portfolio. Uh, the second one is uh, Trino. Trino is the federated query engine of choice. So typically, uh, as enterprises grow, they have a whole bunch of different data sources. What Trino does is it allows you to run federated query across a variety of uh, uh, sources. So uh, and and it, it's used for ad hoc analytics or uh, uh, decision support systems, right? So so that's what um, you know, Trino does, and those two are brand new workloads. Um, so what has not changed is Apache Spark is uh, is is the uh, gold standard for you know, machine learning and uh, uh, you know uh, batch processing of data. So that was carried over from the HD Insight uh, uh, on VM uh, version to um, uh, the HD Insight on AKS version as well. So we're adding two new workloads. Uh, we are bringing HD Insight on uh, 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 Spark on HD Insight on AKS in the AKS form factor. So that's that's what is like this. What's new and what's the same, right? So that's at the workload level, and then uh, obviously the name literally says HD Insight on AKS. So we've completely rearchitected this on uh, Kubernetes infrastructure. So it's very pop, very common for cloud scale um, application, be it in analytics or elsewhere, to leverage uh, uh, Azure Kubernetes service for their uh, containers, uh, container needs. And we're doing that same thing, right? So we've built our infrastructure on top of uh, Azure Kubernetes service that makes uh, dramatic improvements in terms of uh, performance, reliability, and scale out, and so on and so forth. So that's that's brand new, which is uh, re-architecture. And we have a whole bunch of uh, improvements under the hood, but, with, but at a high level, this is what's new and uh, uh, what stayed the same from the previous version, yeah. Okay, that that uh, sounds interesting. I mean, AKS has got a, a bit of a reputation for being quite complicated um, from a developer perspective, anyway, in terms of setting it up and configuring it and so on. It, how how 
how well have you integrated with the services and the portal and stuff like that? How, how easy is it for somebody to get going with it and get up and running? So uh, that's the beauty of this, right? So this whole infrastructure layer is abstracted from the end user. So you don't have to, when you're using HD Insider on AKS as a user, you don't have to worry about, hey, how does the AKS version upgrade work? And, uh, you know, are we keeping it current and modern and, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. So as a managed service, we take care of the entire aspects of the infrastructure layer. And by design, we kind of, uh, you know, ensure that those controls are uh, not exposed to the user, right? Because they don't have to get bothered about it. So to your point, Rizal, uh, you know, one of the biggest barriers in adoption is having the expertise to manage it, operate it, and, uh, you know, maintain it, uh, which is where my team comes in that, uh, you know, we take uh, do the hard yards for the customers so that they don't have to bother about the underlying infrastructure and they can focus on building the applications and the, uh, 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 you know, uh, all the data end-to-end um, uh, -end, uh, architecture using uh, using our service. Yeah. So along with that, then, uh, making it super easy to deploy is awesome. Like, that's great. And they can focus on the business value and those kind of things, what they want to build. I guess the question is, once it is deployed, is they still have access to all those bits so they can still go see all that kind of stuff from the AKS layer or is that kind of like shielded away from them too? Like, is it, I don't understand where the managed service is there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically um, uh, all the CRUD operations, we provide endpoints for you to do it. So you could uh, use a API or an SDK or even command line for that instance and the portal. So, so these are all manifested in uh, typical uh, end user interfaces, which the developers love and are familiar with, right? So, so you have the access to the right amount of control and visibility uh, without having to pry deep into the underlying uh, infrastructure elements, right? Which, which honestly is not anybody's fancy at this point. So in terms of getting started then, where, where, do, I, where do I go? Do I go to the portal first? Or can I go to the portal and, and turn it on there? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question. So what we've done is, uh, you know, uh, we've, we've kind of built everything on top of Azure portal. So uh, for you, for a user like you, if you want to take it for a spin, what it means is uh, we're consistent with the Azure design language. So there's like, like literally there's no learning curve in terms of how do you manage and operate. Uh, and you go to the portal, you can spin up a cluster and then, uh, you know, you can monitor using the same portal experience, right? So uh, one of the things uh, those who are very familiar with the data ecosystem will be aware that the previous version um, of HD Insight used uh, users Ambari, uh, which is a popular uh, management, um, um, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, 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 open source uh, toolkit, but Ambari is going out of community support. So what you've done in this version is completely uh, removed Ambari as the management uh, and control uh, layer, and you built all this using native Azure uh, services, right? So it it means two things, like I mentioned, it's uh, consistency with uh, of experience uh, right across uh, what you're used to as an Azure developer, and and also you know you 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 get the constant updates of uh, the various components, be it the portal and uh, you know the surround services uh, in terms of visualization control, uh, which will be updated as we go along through Microsoft technologies, right? So so you get the best of both worlds. You uh, it allows you to operate your favorite open source and uh, leverage some of the you know well uh, adopted Azure services to manage and control. Um. So okay, thank you. And and I'm just kind of thinking about scenarios for using the service in the first instance. What why would I 
as a customer, you know, what, what would make me choose HD Insight on AKS versus some of the other first party services that are out there maybe that do do similar things? Well, that's a great question, uh, Russell. I, I think, um, uh, you know, customer come to us in uh, uh, multiple scenarios, uh, right? The first scenario is, uh, uh, say, if you're a customer who's running all this analytic workloads on on-prem, and trust me, there's a lot of them, right, uh, who have like big massive implementations which are based on open source on-prem, uh, but it's hard for them to manage, it's hard for them to scale, it is sunk cost and so on and so forth, right? So when they come to Azure, they're looking for uh, equivalence on the cloud, right? So they can just lift and shift um, uh, and migrate. So uh, if you're a customer who uses Spark, uses Trino, uses Flink, you can literally lift and shift your on-prem workloads onto cloud. And the, uh, so they don't have to do a lot of retooling, rewrite of technology, uh, uh, you know, uh, of their jobs and, um, you know, uh, scripts so that they can get quickly started on the cloud, right? So they always have an option for uh, going to uh, the native services, uh, right? You know, uh, Microsoft provides tremendous value uh, in the native uh, uh, services, but but then uh, there are once they get to the cloud, there are customers who who have a multi-cloud strategy, so they want to keep their analytics stack consistent across uh, the different clouds that they they might use, right? And in that case, uh, you know, using open source allows them to kind of have the consistent stack across uh, different cloud providers. So, so the first reason why uh, someone would choose HD Insight is moving from uh, uh, on-prem to cloud. Uh, the second one is some customers, uh, especially the digital natives and uh, uh, some of the uh, tech savvy enterprises, uh, they have like very opinionated on the open source components they use. Like, you know, they use Flink for streaming. They have um, uh, Kafka for messaging. They have, uh, you know, Spark for uh, uh, data engineering and so on. So uh, HD Insight is the natural port of calling for those customers because they uh, they can use the tools they're familiar with. Uh, they have experts in house and uh, build it right. So so that's the uh, second category of customers. And then the third category of customers is like you know uh, people who have built products and services on cloud and and they they build it using the open source stack. So these are three category of customers uh, who come to HD Insight as a port of calling. Uh, but but being a Microsoft uh, Azure service, right? What we also do is once you uh, once you started here, suppose you want to uh, say, for example, a few months back we had uh, uh, launched Fabric um, as a completely uh, uh, a new analytics offering. If you want to kind of uh, mix and match between open source and uh, uh, say Fabric, uh, we allow that to happen easily because they they are uh, essentially built by uh, um, uh, using the same components and there's a lot of interoperability between them. So um, uh, the reason why they come to HD Inside on AKS, I, I talked about it, and it also provides them an easy path if they want to move into a SaaS service like uh, uh, Fabric because they're both, uh, 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 we're both Microsoft uh, Azure data offerings, yeah. Right, yeah, I think that, that just to play back that first scenario, the, the on-prem to cloud move, before this service existed, am I right in thinking that they would have been running their their on-prem workloads using VMs or TIN or whatever it is, and they've got HD Insight installed there as a big kind of server, that, and they're having to manage that, they're having to look after the operating system it's running on and all the security and all that kind of stuff. When they move now to Azure and, and into your service, I guess the, the management of that server environment has gone away because that's now done by your service. 
so you're 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 not having to change your code or anything you're lifting straight into a new hosting environment that is now scalable resilient and you're getting all the benefits of a managed so well you've got the managed hd insight side of it but the aks but you're still having to kind of look after yourself is that is that right um actually um yes uh, so when you move from uh, on prem or say you're ias customer right you could rent vms on azure and do the whole thing yourself right but then uh, what HD Insight does is it like like you mentioned, it takes away the overheads of management, security updates, OS updates, uh, and 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 so on and so forth. But the story doesn't end there, right? That's that's uh, table stakes. Uh, but we also what we do is we have things like auto scale, right? Like so, uh, you, you could literally uh, you know uh, um, um, scale up and scale down resources based on what you need, right? Which is what and we built a whole bunch of uh, uh, algorithms to uh, that allow you to do that, right? You can do schedule based auto scale, or you could do uh, load based auto scale depending on what your nature of workload is. So uh, if you're uh, if you're coming from uh, say an IaaS world or an on-prem world. Uh, you 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 provision the clusters or you have to write complicated code to kind of scale it up and down and so on and so forth. All these capabilities are uh, available out of the box here on HD Insight. And it what it does is it allows you to kind of uh, you know optimize your total cost of ownership. For example, if you're running test servers when your developers go home, you might shut it down and save the cost for the rest of uh, uh, what 16 hours of a day and so on. That that adds up to a lot, right? So there's there's some cost optimization that we've done. Then the second part that we also do is, uh, you know, when we have open source, for example, uh, Spark, right? Uh, you could have vanilla open source Spark, but uh, across Microsoft, we have a single Spark engine, right? And and Microsoft makes a ton of investments to improve the performance, right? Like. Uh, take any version and the Microsoft optimizations would would uh, uh, typically be twice as fast or uh, sometimes even more fast, right? So, so those kind of performance optimizations and improvements that we do both at the engine level at the infrastructure level. So you would, all that translates into better performance, faster jobs, uh, uh, better SLAs or, uh, you know, lower cost of ownership and so on. So we have a ton of improvements from an optimist uh, from a performance perspective and last but not the least you know uh, microsoft is an industry leader in terms of security and uh, uh, reliability and uh, and so on and so forth right so uh, our teams will be we co constantly do penetration testing we constantly do watch out for emerging threats you know we work closely with the security research community so they give us uh, any vulnerabilities that uh, they uncover either in open source or uh, in our services, we pass them ahead of time before it, uh, bad actors figure them out, right? So these are a whole slew of benefits that customers can uh, uh, seek to uh, uh, get uh, when they go through a managed service like our side. Yeah, and I, I guess all the things like the, the role-based access controls, that's all baked in as well as standard. I guess it has to be across all the Azure resources when they get built. Just just to take you back on the scaling, um, the scale up and down bit, how far does it scale down if you want it to? Uh, I mean, if you if you want to set it to zero because you're not running anything overnight, for example, do you have to do you have to switch it off, or can it automatically come down to zero through rules? 
Yeah, we can see in the schedule, uh, we've done some interesting uh, uh, improvements in that, right? So say, for example, like the scenario I talked about, you're, you're doing some uh, POCs or testing stuff, right? You don't want, you have no reason for you to run it uh, once you're left the office, right? Like the dev has left the office. So you could literally send it down to uh, zero, but then uh, we also have a feature called graceful decommission. So what that means is say, you're leaving the office at five o'clock, and your job is still running, uh, you know, it'll basically gracefully decommission as in it'll wait for the job to complete and then it'll okay. turn down the uh, 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 cluster even if it takes like five minutes over, 10 minutes over, right? So that way, the next day when you come and inspect the results, you have the complete picture, but you're not spent uh, the whole night uh, running these servers uh, without any load on them, right? So we've done a ton of improvements uh, uh, beyond just scale up and down. And there's a yeah. lot of uh, science and uh, algorithms that our teams have built and 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 they, they deliver good uh, business value for customers and cost of ownership improvements. Cool. And on the flip side of that, I guess, when you know when when you get into work in the morning and you want to get access to your, your environment again and it's spun down overnight, how, how quickly does it spin back up again? Uh, it um, uh, it takes roughly about five minutes to uh, spin it back. So and, okay. when, and the thing about scheduled order scale is you could schedule it saying that, hey, spin it up. Uh, I reach office at nine o'clock, grab my coffee at my desk at 9.10. So you could spin it up at nine. So that's warm and ready for you waiting uh, as soon as uh, you're arrived to start the work. Right. So so it allows that kind of flexibility. It's not just shutting down, but also spinning it back up. Cool. Thank you. Um, I, I guess. Um... The the other question is is really about pricing and how granular that is. And I, I know you're not going to say how many dollars and cents it costs to run it because that varies depending on where you are in the world. But um, you know how how is the pricing model? How does that work? So we've done different a ton of, as well. Sorry. Yeah, we've done. Uh, see, the HT Insight uh, pricing model was like varied across the uh, uh, globe, etc. Right. So. Uh, uh, and and that's typical of most mature uh, or uh, you know Azure services which been been around for a while. Uh, but in HD Insight on AKS, we've done a couple of important uh, simplifications, right? So what we uh, what we have in HD Insight is the VM is what you uh, get from Azure. So you could pretty much uh, pick from any of the whitelisted VMs, and they would come at the Azure uh, price list uh, for that region for that. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, skew, right? So that's that's like kind of very uh, transparent and it's like very consistent with what rest of Azure follows. And then we have a flat fee for per uh, uh, compute hour. Uh, what's the IP addition? It is like, uh, um, you know, uh, 15 cents an hour and stuff like that. It uh, So it's again, constant irrespective of which region you are. So what this means, Russell, is uh, to your point, it's like, uh, uh, Wherever you are in the globe, the IP price remains the same and it's constant, uh, irrespective of which workload you use, whether it's Spark, Trino, or Flink. And the VM prices are just a function of what Azure charges you uh, for that reason. And then Azure is run by uh, uh, so many customers that it's like uh, priced just right for that region, for that uh, uh, size of capacity and so on. So we, we, we've simplified it a great deal for our customers so that the choices are simple, uh, there's transparency in terms of uh, uh, what you pay for. And the other thing which I uh, should touch upon is that, um, uh, you know, uh, 
all the resources that you bring uh, in HD Insight, uh, you know, some of them used to come from customers uh, provisioning and some of them used to be bundled as a part of the v, uh, service itself and so on and so forth, right? Uh, but in HD Insight on AKS, every resource that you use is uh, comes from your own uh, subscription. So there's like complete transparency in terms of what you use and, and you know, customers that, that is not only just transparent, but also allows the customers to say, hey, why are we using this uh, component? Does it add value for me? Can you uh, make this optional add-on and so on and so forth, right? So we bring complete transparency and, um, you know, um, uh, uh, simplicity in terms of how we pricing price the stuff. Well, that's nice. So I guess the, the cost management aspect of it is also transparent as a result of that. You'll be able to see what, what's consuming where. Um, Great. And, and sorry, I've got another another quick question, Cal. I see you're going to come in, but um, no worries. words like Flint, Trino, they're all kind of new to me. Um, this isn't the space that I normally play in, but I have been getting involved in some recent AKS deployments and uh, environments that are being built. And um, I hear words like Prometheus and Grafana and, and managed monitoring services and so on. Uh, how does your service play into that and does it does it work in the same way it's going to am I able to use those services to get an overall picture of performance and uh, you know things that may be causing issues exceptions when they happen and so on that's a great question Russell so uh, in fact you've read our mind uh, you know manage Prometheus and Grafana are part of the bundle as in you know hey if you want more granular visibility and uh, uh, monitoring so you could include them uh, as a part of your implementation so that you could visualize what's happening in your clusters are there uh, uh, some uh, uh, are there logs that you want to inspect and uh, get ahead of in terms of performance or reliability so uh, it's pre-wired and so you don't have to wire all this up you just have to include this into your bundle it's optional you may choose to do it if you are very uh, very knowledgeable and aware of what you're doing and then you but you don't have to spend time wiring it up right so uh, uh, it's pre-wired you could just include it in the uh, in the U user interface and then you could uh, draw the benefits like that just like you talked about right so so the short answer is yes uh, it is indeed part of the bundle yeah i just had a, a question there a minute ago uh, you were talking about you know vms in different global regions and those kind of things this uh, when i think about this product or this offering is this something that's like what we consider like ga this is available in every region what should customers expect as far as like reach like where this is available you know? so um um HD inside is a service uh, uh, uh ring one service so it's pretty much available around the globe uh, in more than uh, uh 70 regions uh HD inside on aks is now on public preview so it's available around 10 regions uh, uh but but what's interesting is uh you know the way we built it uh uh, uh, and automated some of the stuff, the region rollouts are going to be way, way faster than uh, uh, what it is for HD Insight, right? So so we are looking at uh, uh, days instead of months, right? That's the kind of improvements that you've done. So having said all that, uh, uh, as we mature to GA, we will add more and more regions. And so if a customer comes back and say, hey, it's very important for my compliance or my performance needs that uh, you have presence in, um, you know, uh, one of the regions that we don't support today, uh, it'd be a matter of weeks before it uh, we light it up there, right? So so we have a published plan in terms of the region rollout. So it will uh, it will not reach to uh, ring one levels at the time of GA, but uh, it, it's not a critical blocker because uh, as we uh, as customers adopt it and make these requests, we would be fulfilling them in double quick time. 
That's great. That's great. Um, I did notice on your um, the the blog where you announced the the release. You did a webinar, and that was back a few days ago, I think, last week. Um, I hope that went well, by the way. But I'm just wondering if you've got more of those coming up, or you've got any other uh, resources or, or links that we can share with listeners as well to um, to let them get started on the service. Yeah, absolutely right. So. Um... Uh, we 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 plan to do a whole bunch of deep dives. Uh, the webinar at the launch was like covering the entire spectrum of what you offered. So what we're going to do is, and this podcast is one starting point to that, right? Where we get more uh, detailed and uh, very specific on some of the uh, important aspects of the product. So we'll be doing, uh, you know, a, a blog post. We'll be do, uh, uh, posting on tech community in terms of what customers can use this to build analytic software. We'll be shipping, uh, we'll be putting out reference architecture and more detailed narratives and videos on the features as well. So yes, uh, we have a series of uh, community engagement that's ongoing. And going back to your point, if uh, how do I get started? It's it's in public preview. So all you need to go is to Azure Marketplace, search for HD Insight on AKS. Uh, it will show up and then you can literally get, uh, uh, spin up a cluster in a matter of few minutes. And then you can uh, start writing your uh, you know, uh, Trino queries or, uh, you know, um, um, uh, PySpark jobs and so on and so forth, right? So uh, it's as simple as that just to get into Azure Azure portal, uh, pull in the subscription resources from your own subscription, uh, get get started on this. So it's very simple. We'll, we will share a bunch of links that you can potentially uh, annotate this uh, podcast with on uh, short URLs to uh, get, get, uh, get started on HD and EKS, the documentation and so on and so forth. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, I, d- I haven't got any more questions. I don't know, Kale, if you've got anything or, or Balaji, if there's anything we've missed that you feel you want to highlight. Um, we haven't talked about next steps, actually. What, what's what's coming on your roadmap? So uh, we, we, we have like uh, interesting uh, uh, updates coming up very shortly. Like one of the key features that we are working on right now is, uh, 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 you know, uh, what we call as in-place upgrade. So, for example, AKS uh, 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 ships a new version, or you know, there's a minor upgrade in Spark or Flink or Trino. Uh, you don't have to break down the cluster and then rebuild it to consume these bits, right? So, we're building on a, a kind of an auto update for minor versions. So that's that's coming up, uh, uh, which is very interesting and useful for customers. Uh, we have uh, new workloads like Kafka that we are working on to add because you know. Uh, Kafka and Fling are uh, two sides of the uh, streaming story. So uh, getting them on, uh, getting Kafka on AKS is one uh, very important uh, update that we are working on. And and uh, we we are on a monthly cadence, so you 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 can watch the space in terms of uh, you know the features that we ship and uh, how how it adds value to the users, right? So so ton of improvements are coming uh, our way in the next uh, uh, two to four uh, month time frame uh, leading up to the GA launch that sounds good yeah russell just uh i mean just to say thanks uh balaji for coming on uh, and, and educating our listeners on uh this new offering uh these new features uh it's been super helpful so i i appreciate the uh the run through here of what you guys have been up to thanks kale thanks uh russell for the opportunity uh look forward to coming back to you with more news and some exciting updates as we go along this journey thank you so much yeah thank you really appreciate that insight thank you thanks so much Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any thoughts, questions, or just want to connect, find us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Background music has been taken from ccmixer.org 
under the Creative Commons license. We hope you'll tune in again soon to keep learning with us.